I was expecting something embarrassing coming from him after the last two weeks of announcements, but you know, that's, that is a cool story with the Hope family, and I'm going to share a little bit more about that later, but that's just one of those pictures of how God is bigger than our box. He does so much more than we ever ask or imagine, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. If you would, this morning as we start, I want us to pray together, but I want us to do it in a different way. This is a prayer out of Ephesians, and this is Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. In chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, this is a prayer that he has written into his letter, and I want us just to read through this together. It says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now, this is a prayer of knowledge. It's a prayer of enlightenment. And really what Paul is saying here is, I want you to know God, know God's power, know how strong he is, know how big he is. I want you to understand that. And that's important. But there's another prayer in Ephesians that I want us to spend some time on this morning. And this is in chapter 3. And this is going to be our main passage we look at today. This says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him and the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, this prayer is a prayer of empowerment. This is a prayer that's more of a state of being. It is who we are. It's not just knowing and understanding God's power. It's living it out. It is being God's power in the world around us, allowing him to work through us. And that is my prayer for us today, and I hope that we'll be able to pick this apart a little better. If you hear nothing else today, I hope you hear this. God is bigger than your box. God's bigger than all of our boxes. We sometimes limit God by our lack of faith or our lack of obedience to the box that we put him in, the parameters that we put him in because of our perspective. But God is so much bigger than our box. Look at what they said in verse 20 of that same passage. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. To God who is so powerful that he can accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. You remember learning about infinity when you took math in school? Infinity. To infinity and beyond from Toy Story for Buzz Lightyear. Infinity is forever stretching farther than we can imagine. 
Here is a God who had his mighty power at work within us is able to accomplish more, infinitely more, than we can ask or imagine. He's so much bigger than our box. Look around you for a minute. Look at the people around you. Look at this gathering of people as we come together as TBA Church. You know, as I look across the room this morning and I look at TBA and where we have come, I see a God who is bigger than our box. I see a God who has done amazing things. And I look back at our story, and and many of you know our story because you've been a part of it for so long, but God has done some amazing things. Just a little over three years ago, there were two churches that merged to become TBA. And in that process, all we knew was that we had to be faithful one step at a time. We had to be obedient one step at a time. We, We rarely knew what the next two or three steps were, but we knew what that next step was, what God was leading, and we had to be faithful in that. And as we did that, God brought two different churches from two different denominations together to create TBA. And actually, if you want to know why we're named TBA, it's because we didn't have a name in the beginning. When we merged, it happened so fast, and God brought it together so quickly that we went, what are we going to be called? We were still trying to figure out what is the actual vision, what is the direction we're going. We had these little pictures of what that was, and God was giving us glimpses, but we just couldn't seem to put words to it. And so we had a guy in the church who was a part of a creative team with a marketing firm, And he said, well, let's just call it TBA, to be announced. And we'll announce it to the community at a later time because it all came together so fast. That's how TBA was born. See, some of you have come in in the last year and you think, well, man, that was really cool thinking through that trusting, believing, acting thing and there was all that vision to it. Well, it was cool, but later. Because we started out literally to be announced. Had no idea what it was going to be. By the time we got to that point, we were on to the next step. And our next step really involved a couple of things. It involved creating the identity and the vision and clarifying some of that as God was leading us in that direction. And it involved moving. It involved moving to this property. And as we did that, we moved to this property. We began to look at our identity, look at the vision that God was giving to us. And the same guy helped us to come back and said, you know, TBA is already naming the community. Let's not get rid of that. Let's make it stand for who we are. And we dreamed together and we prayed together and we talked about what TBA was and where God was taking us. And out of that came trusting, believing, and acting. And that just solidified who we were and who God was creating us to be. And so that's how TBA came about. And in that same process, we moved from our property over on Clubhouse in Lakeland Highlands to this property and started in this building just a little over a year ago. And so all those things were happening. I think the third big thing that I saw God doing in us was he really wanted to create a heart of a missional church, a church that was serving the community, that was doing things around us, that was getting out and being involved. You might have heard us say being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I look around now and I go, most of us internalize that. Most of us that are here can say, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We get that concept. We know what that looks like. We may still be struggling with some of the practicality of how do we do that, but we're learning that and we see that and we have that heart that we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we move forward. And all these are things that where God has been bigger than our box, he has done amazing things. In fact, let me give you a little perspective. Let me tell you the story from my perspective and how I saw it work out and how God worked. Because this is kind of how it went in my mind as we went along. We had two churches that were going to come together, and I was part of one of those churches. And I looked at it and I went, this is a great idea, but it'll never happen. We're too different. We're two different denominations. We have different theological stances. We have all these things that play into it. Never going to happen. It's great that we get together. We do worship together. It's fun. It's energetic. There's a lot of people. You know, it's, it's cool. But there's no way we could do church together all the time. And every time we had another meeting and every time we talked a little bit further and explored a little bit further, I watched God push all those obstacles to the side and bring it together. Not only did he bring it together, but he brought it together fast. I mean, I'm thinking if we're going to merge, it'll probably take a couple years. In a matter of six months, 
We had went through all the process, talked to all the leadership, prayed about it, spent time planning it, putting it together, and it was done. It was a legal merger. It was done. Our churches had come together, and we were moving. So all that happened at an amazing pace. As I looked at TBA, and we came together, I went, okay, God, you've done something amazing. You brought two churches together. But I looked at it, and my business mind clicked in, and I'm starting to think about, okay, the direction we're going to go, and what are our next steps? What's going to take us at least a year at least a year to gel, to really become one church because we're two separate churches coming together and we've got those two separate identities we're trying to to gel together into one church. It's going to take a while. God gelled that in a matter of weeks. I mean, literally, it might have been a couple months, but when I look back, it happened so fast. In fact, we were sitting in a staff meeting one day going, "Um, we've now hit that mark where we're one church. Now what do we do? And it was that moment where we just had to stop and pray and go, okay, God, you got us here a lot faster than we expected. I mean, we had a whole year's worth of messages planned for let's bring the body together, let's come together as one church. Well, now we are together. What, what do we do? And we had to begin to look at that, and I watched as that unfolded, and I could see how big God was in that process. You know, we talked about moving. We knew from day one we were going to move onto this property. I was estimating it was going to take us about five years to move from that building to this building to actually get here on the property. We wanted this property. We wanted to be here. We wanted to have a place that was our own as TBA, that was you know, a place that we could call home instead of being in one of the church's buildings. But I just didn't see that happening very fast. We merged in September of 08. By November, I think it was November of 09, we had sold our building and were in the process of moving to this property. Just a year later, we were in that process, and I saw God moving. Now, here's what's even cooler about that. We never once put that building on the market. We never once told anybody it was for sale. We never said, we're going to get rid of this building. I mean, we knew that was part of the plan, but we had churches calling us going, we're interested in buying your building. Would you be willing to sell it? And I'm looking at that going, wow, God, how, do you, how does that happen? I mean, we didn't put it on the, who calls and asks to buy a church building? I mean, it just doesn't seem normal. But we had churches calling and asking to purchase the building And not only that, we were able to work in an agreement where we sold that building, moved into this property, and eliminated almost half of our debt load, which freed us up to be able to do ministry as we came onto the property. We built a slightly simpler building. We had some equity built in here. And it was huge to be able to move onto the property and know that we could do ministry. And I saw God at work. Even as we moved in here, and again, this just shows how limited our perspectives are. I remember coming in, and, and you know, our first day was huge. We had all these people. It was a grand opening, and people came from all other churches that were friends and family and connected in any way, shape, or form, and it was an exciting day. But I remember when that day was over thinking, God, I just pray that you'll fill the auditorium because this auditorium was a lot bigger than what we came from. And I remember praying, God, I, just, I, I pray that you'll fill the auditorium, that you'll bring people that will be able to make that kind of life change, that people will want to come and be a part of this family, and we can keep growing for you. Now we're in two services where the auditorium is fairly full in both services. That's amazing, and that's what God is doing. I originally dreamed as we talk about TBA, as I looked at it, I went, we'll probably be a church of about four to 500 as God works all this out because then we'll be able to do some amazing things. That'll give us some of the budget base we need. It'll give us the work base, the people, the volunteers to really be able to impact the community. Do you know over the last four weeks, we have been over 650 in attendance all four weeks? And it's not about people. That, that is exciting, but it's not just about people coming. It's about the stories that we hear, about lives that are being changed, and about the impact that we're able to have in the community. And I look at it and I go, God, you've exceeded my expectations every step along the way. You have done something bigger than my box every time. What's next? Now what are you going to do? What, what more can you do? You know, and we look at some of our future dreams as a church, and God has put a dream on our heart 
to have a significant impact in Highland City. And I don't know what that looks like. There are some things that he's laid on our heart. We've talked about transitional housing, having some kind of place where we can take either single moms or people who are trying to get back on their feet, maybe have struggled with drug addiction or have just had financial problems and helping them to turn their life around and get going again, get a fresh start. We've dreamed about doing a car ministry. We've dreamed about having a community center. These are all things that are there that are part of a dream. And I look at those dreams and I look at where God has brought us compared to the dreams I had before. And I go, wow, I can't imagine what you're going to do. That's the heart that he's put before us. That's where we we see us going, but I don't have a picture of what that looks like. Here's my expectations, but you can already see that God didn't exactly follow my expectations as we got to here. So I can't imagine what he's going to do in the future, and that's just part of our future dreams. God is bigger than the box that we tend to put him in. We put these limits on God because of our perspective and the way we look at it, but he's so much bigger than that. Don was sharing about the red elephant thing for the Hope family. That's a perfect example of God being bigger than our expectations. Let me tell you that story from our perspective, because I know you've heard this several times. We talk about the Hope family. We talk about the house that's being built. But I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking, well, this is a TBA thing. It's so much bigger than that. When we found out about the Hope family, we found out that they lost their house. As a staff, we were talking, and Brian Stiverson was very instrumental in this, just dreaming about, I wish we could build them a house. I wish we could do something just to make a huge impact. And we were doing the little things as a church. We were asking for clothing. We were asking for furniture, asking for those kinds of things to help them along the way and get by. But the part of building a house was just a dream. And then one day, just days after we had discussed some of this, Sherry Carey comes into the office, and she goes, you all talked about that on Sunday, and God just laid it on my heart. We have to do something. We can't just sit back and talk about it. As a church, we have to jump in and be involved. We've got to build them a house. And so we said, okay. How do we do it? Let's figure it out. You know, let's begin to talk about it. Let's begin to dream. And throughout that process, I see, especially looking back now, how God, through the whole thing, was saying, this is bigger than you. This is bigger than the staff at TBA. This is bigger than Sherry Carey. This is bigger than TBA's family. This is much bigger. You know, this past Wednesday, I talked to Sherry, and we have over 108 different entities involved in building that house in Highland City. 108 either companies or individuals or stores that have donated materials, that have donated labor, that have come to physically build that house. That is a God thing. That is bigger than TBA. That is bigger than you and me. That is God bringing a community together to bless a family. That's an amazing thing. And I look at that, and again I go, God, what's next? You know, we've been praying about how do we have a presence in Highland City? How do we do the things that we feel like God's putting these dreams before us to be involved in that area? And here's an opportunity where we've made a difference in one family's life, not just we, but this entire community coming together because of God's power working through us. See, here's the thing. God is omnipotent. He is bigger than our box. He is limitless. The word omnipotent, as Webster would define it, says having unlimited power, able to do anything. Unlimited power, able to do anything. He is omnipotent. The only thing that limits God is our lack of faith and obedience. That is the only thing that limits. And I'm a firm believer that God, his purpose will be done. He will make it happen one way or the other. But what limits him is our perspective and the way we look at things and the way we limit what we think he can do because we think about it in our strength. But he's looking at what he can do through us. And he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Our perspective limits us, though. You know, a couple weeks ago we talked about this. I was talking about the concept of God changing his mind. 
And we talked about how our perspective is often so different than God's. And the way we look at things is so different. All we can understand is human terms. All we can understand is the here and now as we see the world. But God has an eternal perspective. He looks at things so differently. His ways are not our ways. We see in Isaiah 55, 8. The way God looks at the world, the way God does things, the way he works in our lives is not the way we work because we don't get it. We've got this very limited perspective of our life and of what is going on in our lives, but God sees the big picture. He looks beyond the here and now. He looks to eternity, and he looks to what is going to happen and how can he be glorified throughout. But see, allowing God to work freely in us requires complete trust. If we're really going to be unlimited in what God can do through us, we have to trust him fully. And trust is hard because sometimes, sometimes trust is obvious. Sometimes you can see the outcome that's coming and you go, okay, I can trust in that. But what about the times you can't? What about the times you go, I have no idea what the next step is or I have no idea what's going to happen when I take this next step. When we are faithful that one step at a time that's what builds that trust in God, and we continue to learn and to grow in that trust, but it requires that obedience one step at a time, not worrying about the next step, not worrying about what's going to happen long range. This isn't a five-year business plan. When you're trusting God, you often don't see five years down the road. Sometimes you do, and that's great if you do, but God's plan is eternal, and it's one step at a time in faithful obedience following what he's leading you to do. I'm all about plans. I love to have it laid out on paper. I love to have the strategy. I love to know here's the next four steps we're going to do. Here's how we're going to accomplish our task. But I'm learning more and more and more that you can write out all you want to write out. And if that's not the direction God wants to go, you're wasting your time putting it on paper. Because there are so many times that we have prayed and we have sought God and we we felt like this was the direction and and we begin to lay it out and we get going in the process and we realize God's plans are a little bigger than what we put on paper. We're seeing the next step, and it's a little bigger than what we have in those next five steps on paper. We've got to change. We've got to adjust. And it requires that we be obedient one step at a time and be faithful as we walk through that. Our perspective is limited from this standpoint also. So many times we can look at stories like what I've just shared. We can look at TBA's story. We can look at what's happening with the Hope family. We can look at these things that God is doing, and we go... I see the reward in that. I see where God is working. He's bigger than my box. But what about the moments where you don't see the reward? What about the moments where God's doing something, but it's through trial or it's through suffering or it's through pain or it's through something hard that you're going through? Because this isn't just prosperity gospel. This is not praying God's going to make it bigger and better because sometimes he may be making it bigger and better, but you don't see that. Sometimes we are so limited that we just cannot see how God is working and how he's moving. What about when you lose your job? I know a lot of us have struggled in that in this economy. There are people in this room this morning who are struggling to find a job. Is God bigger than your box when it comes to losing your job? Do you trust that God can do something in you or through you or that maybe he has a better plan or he's doing something to change who you are in that time? Can you trust that? Because maybe you're going to get five years down the road and be able to look back and tell a story like TBA's story where you go, I see how God moved. But maybe you get ten years down the road and you can't see that. You're still struggling and you're still going through something. Do you trust God enough to know that he's big enough to be outside of your box and to do what's best for you even in those moments? Or what about your marriage? People are struggling in marriage all around. 
I've experienced in my own marriage how there have been times we've gone through rough times that now I can look back and see how God was shaping us and building us and growing us. And he was actually bringing us close together because of the trials we were going through. But what about when you're in the midst of that? Do you trust God enough to say that even in the pain, even in the junk we're going through, even in all the muck we're wading through right now, God is doing something bigger than me. And he's doing something outside of my expectations, outside of my box, my limits that I put on him. Because that's trust. That's faith, is knowing that God can do something in the big stuff. I have a friend that, um, I haven't talked to her personally for quite a while, but she used to come to our church, and I've seen her, pa- her posts on Facebook in the last few weeks. But just about six months ago, she lost a baby and uh, had a miscarriage, and it was just it was a rough time for her. Her and her husband had been praying for a baby, and they were three months into the pregnancy and lost the baby, and it was just devastating. But I watched, even on Facebook, the posts that she would put up about how she was trying to trust God in the time. And she said, I don't understand this, this doesn't make sense, but I'm trusting you as much as I can. And I know you have a bigger plan. I know you're doing something different. This past week, I think it was Tuesday, she posted on Facebook that that was the due date that her baby should have arrived. And she said, God, I still don't understand. Six months later, I still don't get it, but I know that you're doing something bigger and I'm choosing to trust that. I'm choosing to be faithful in that. The next day, she found out that she's going to have two foster kids. They had applied to be foster parents. And she found out the day later, after that due date, they were going to have foster kids. And I looked at that and I went, wow. Talk about God being bigger than your box. That's huge. God is bigger than her box. But at the same time, what if that hadn't happened? What if she came to that due date and the day after and she didn't get foster kids or she wasn't able to adopt or she doesn't become pregnant again or whatever it is? Can you still trust God in those moments to say, you have a bigger perspective than I do, and I know you're doing more? What if he wants to bless you a year from now or five years from now? Or what if he wants to bless somebody else and you never even see it because of what you've gone through? You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it's, we, we call it the hall of faith. And I'll spare you the entire chapter because it's a really long chapter to read, but let me give you the synopsis of what it looks like. In the first half of the chapter, you've got all these heroes of the faith that you see named as people like Moses or people like Abraham, big names that you look at it through Scripture and you go, these are people of faith. These are people who trusted God fully and you can see the rewards that God handed out, the way he blessed them. And you look at all this story and you see it unfold and you see all the amazing things that God did. And then you get to the second half of the chapter and you see another listing of heroes of our faith, people who were faithful and obedient every step of the way, who never saw reward who never saw those specific blessings that you read in Scripture. In fact, most of them went through trial and suffering and pain, and they were tortured and they were killed because of their faith. And they never realized the rewards and the blessings that God had for them. But yet they were faithful. And it gets to the end of the chapter, and you see this in the last two verses of that chapter. It said, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. None of them. Not the first people that saw the rewards, not the people at the end who were killed. None of them saw all the reward that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. God is looking at that eternal perspective. His perspective is not limited by space and time the way ours is. It's not limited by human understanding the way ours is. He's looking at the big picture. He's doing something amazing whether we see it or not. All he's asking us to do is to be faithful and obedient. But see, that's hard. 
Because when you don't see the blessings coming and when you don't see those things unfolding, it's tough to be faithful. But that's what happened here. These people were faithful regardless of the outcome. Think for a moment. Try to imagine what God could do if this entire church family were 100% faithful and obedient to God's family. Four weeks in a row, we've had over 650 people be a part of TBA. If all 650 of those people, and that's counting kids, but if all of us, and trust me, the kids can do amazing things that we can't do a lot of times. If all 650 of us were 100% faithful and obedient to what God was leading and what he wants us to do, imagine what could happen. And I'm not talking about bringing more people into TBA. I'm talking about what could we do in the community? What could we do in the world around us for the kingdom? What impact could we have in Highland City? What impact could we have in Haiti? What impact could we have through Lighthouse Ministries here in town? What impact could you have at work or in your school or in the community where you hang out? What could happen if we were 100% faithful? And what if we all lived by the power of the Holy Spirit instead of through our own strength? What if we all lived by the power of the Holy Spirit like we read in that prayer from Paul? What if we allowed God to work through us in his strength instead of ours as we lived our lives? Look back at that prayer that we started with in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. From his glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I read a quote this past week that says this, if God took the Holy Spirit out of the world, most of what we Christians are doing would go right on and nobody would even know the difference. Think about that for a minute. If God were to take the Holy Spirit away, would anyone around you know the difference in your life and the way you live? And the way you do life, would anybody know the difference if the Spirit was not living in you, if you did not have God's strength living through you? Because see, then it makes us beg this question. Are we living in our own power? Are we doing things our own way and our perspective and the way we think fits? Are we doing things the way God is asking us to do? Are we allowing God to work through us and for his power to be shown in our lives? Where are you in that? Allowing the Spirit to empower empower us means yielding control to God and fully trusting him. That's what it takes to empower the Spirit to be at work in our lives. Look at the next verse. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. There's another translation that says, Your roots will grow deep into God's love. You have to have those deep roots to be founded. To be... This past week, a perfect example, we had a little tree stump out here in the yard. We were trying to knock it over just to make the property look a little cleaner. We got this big old backhoe out here, and we dig all around it, and we're hitting it with the backhoe and trying to knock this stump. The stump wouldn't move. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I... I mean, the stump's only this big around. It's not a huge tree. It's a big tree, but not huge. I'm thinking, how can you not move it with that backhoe? But it had this taproot that comes underneath it and turns and goes sideways and is rooted deep into the ground. And the taproot's as big around as the trunk of the tree. That's what this looks like. Being rooted in God's love so strongly, so deep, that that is where you gain your strength. That is where you gain your power. The only way to get that stump out was to cut it off and to cover the ground over it because there was no digging it out. We'd have had to dig up the entire yard to get it out. And that's what he's saying that we need to do. We need to be that rooted in who God is and knowing his power in our lives and knowing his love. But it requires intentionality. It requires spending time in the word. It requires spending time in relationship, praying, asking and seeking God, who do you want me to be? 
He goes on in verses 18 and 19 and says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you experience the love of Christ. That's a key word. It's more than just understanding. It's putting it into practice. It's living it. May you live that out, the love of Christ. May you experience it fully, and it is then that you are made complete with the fullness of God, with the fullness of his life and power. And then I love how it ends. Now all glory to God. That's the key phrase in this entire prayer. All glory to God. Not glory to me, not glory to you, not glory to TBA Church, not even glory to this community. You think of things like the Hold House that we talk about all the time. It's not for us. It's not for us to receive credit. It's not for the church. It's not even for the community that's getting so involved. It is so that God can receive glory. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We have to avoid pride because there are times that God does amazing things through us and we take a look at it and we go, wow, look at what I did. You didn't do anything. We can do nothing apart from Christ. We can do nothing apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. It is his strength living through us that allows us to accomplish things for his glory. All glory to God, not to us. God can do as much through our suffering and our trials and our pain as he can do in those victories. God can work through all of that so that he receives glory and so that the world has changed around us. Look back at that Hebrews 11 that we talked about and how all these heroes of the faith came about. It's just like that. Some of them saw reward. Some of them didn't. But every single one of them was faithful and they were paving the way for generations to come. And we are the same way. We have been called to pave the way for the next generation, pave the way for those who are coming behind us. And some of it may be rewards that we see. Some of it may be where we can look at it and go, God, you're amazing. And some of it may be times where we go, God, I have no idea what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to believe that you have a plan, that you are going to do something bigger than I can see, bigger than I can imagine, bigger than I can dream, even though I look at this and go, what in the world is happening? That's trust. That's faith coming alive. God is bigger than our box. He's bigger than the limits we put on him. He's bigger than our perspective. He's bigger than our understanding. He's bigger than our box. It just requires that we trust and have obedience, that we faithfully choose to obey him. This morning as we wrap up, there are two possible ways that you can respond today. For some of you, maybe you've never made that decision to follow Christ, to allow him to live in your heart and to allow his strength to work through you. And if you're in that place today, I would just encourage you, that's your next step. Choosing to say, God, I see that you can be bigger than what I understand. I see that you're bigger than what I can fathom, what I can dream, what I can imagine. And I'm choosing today to trust you, to allow you to work in my life, to allow you to come. I mean, look at that perfect example God, being bigger than our box, he sent his son, his only son, to die on a cross so that you and I could experience union with him, so that we could experience communion with God. That is a God that's bigger than my box. Who would let their kid die in order to save the world? 
I wouldn't. I don't know about you, but if you're a parent, I'd say you'd say the same thing. I'd do anything I had to do to protect my kids. But here's a God bigger than our box who sent his son to die for us. So maybe that's your next step this morning. If you've already chosen to follow Christ, you've made that decision, maybe your next step is just to choose to be obedient. Maybe you're going through one of those trials or one of those struggles. Maybe your next step is just simply to say, God, I'm going to trust that even in this junk, even in all that I'm walking through, that you are faithful and that you have a bigger perspective and a bigger plan for my life, and I'm going to trust you. What would happen if 100% of us were faithful and obedient to what God was leading us to do? My prayer as we finish this morning is that we would continue to be a church through which God can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And the church is not this building, it's not this place, it's not this service, it's us. It's this group of people gathered together. I pray that God will continue to do more through us than we can dream or ask or imagine. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day and we just thank you that you are powerful, that you are omnipotent, you are limitless. And I pray that you would just continue to speak into our hearts, speak into our lives, show us what you want to do. Help us to be faithful and obedient one step at a time as you lead to take that next step in full trust and full faith. God, may you be honored this day as we continue to worship you. In your name we pray.